Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. What's up, everybody? My name is Marty Griffin, and you are listening to the Golf Strategy School podcast, the only podcast designed around helping golfers get over that milestone score of breaking 90 or even 100. If you're still working on that, I'm not going to judge. This podcast is brought to you by Super Speed Golf. If you want to hit the ball farther, it's pretty straightforward. Use the brain science that Mike and Kyle from Super Speed Golf have done the research on to help you get that swing speed up as quick as you can because we all know the farther the ball goes, the easier it is to convert your score. Promo code Golf Strategy gets you 10% off your entire order from Super Speed Golf. So thank you, Mike. Thank you, Kyle. We appreciate the hookup. This week's episode is all about pitching like a pro. Let's get to it. Do you love to play golf? Do you wish you could be a more consistent and confident player? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Golf Strategy School podcast, where we discuss specific practice strategies used by some of the best golf instructors from around the world. Here's your host, Marty Griffin. All right, so pitching is defined slightly differently than chipping. And we're going to talk about the principles of of pitching here and exactly why we want to lean slightly away from our chipping fundamentals. We're still going to incorporate some of them, but pitching is starting to incorporate some of those good fundamentals from a small golf swing and kind of blending them with our chipping strategies. So I know that for a lot of people like that 40, 50 yard range is just absolutely one of the toughest shots. And if I'm being a completely honest, it is one of my own personal nemeses. It's my arch rival sometimes. Anytime I see my scores kind of swell, it's usually due to a couple failed instances kind of in and around this distance. I know that when I'm on my game from this distance, I'm getting consistency in three places. I'm getting consistency in terms of where I contact the club, so smack dab in the middle of the face. I'm having a lot of really good control over the ball flight and I'm getting more spin to help that ball check up because I tend to have a lower ball flight and we're going to talk about that here in just a second. So those three things are exactly what I look for when I'm doing things well with my pitching. So first off, we're going to kind of talk about that ball flight and that comes a lot from the club that I choose. Now, I want to get the right amount of spin and the proper ball flight. I'm actually going to use my sand wedge 
instead of my lob wedge. Yes, I know a lob wedge is going to put more spin on the ball, but it's also going to be more difficult to control the launch angle and the trajectory of the shot. And the more difficult it is to control the trajectory of the shot, the harder it is to control the length of the shot, what we normally call the distance. Also, with the sand wedge having a lower trajectory, it fits into our theory from chipping that we want to get the ball on the ground as soon as possible. If we're trying to fly the ball all the way there, we're introducing a lot of chances. We're introducing a lot of variables, which are just more chances for us to have that catastrophic failure, like blading a lob wedge into the group in front of you on the next tee box. So if we use a sandwich instead of a lob wedge, our swing can be smaller and we're going to eliminate some of those variables. Next up is the stance. So when we're talking about the stance, it's going to be a little bit like a chipping stance. So we're not going to have the normal, you know, feet just under the shoulders. I actually want you to get your feet closer together, probably just inside of shoulder width. We're going to have even weight distribution between our feet. We don't want to feel like we're leaning forward or leaning backwards. We're not going to worry about like the angle of our shoulders or anything like that. And really, you know, I, I'm okay with forward shaft lean with chip shots, but this is one of those spots where I'm going to put my foot down and I'm going to say, because we're pitching and it is a longer shot, I don't really want you to have any forward shaft lean. So, the longer the shots, the more hinges that we have to have in our swing, like the wrists. And if we add that forward shaft lean and use our wrists, it's just an added variable that makes it that much harder to control the distance. Also, I know that a lot of people, just to have like a little bit better balance, they will flare both of their toes a little bit out. And I'm totally fine with that. So again, with the stance, we're getting feet closer, even weight distribution, ball is going to be right in the middle, no forward shaft lean, you can flare your toes if you like, and I'm actually even okay with you getting a little bit closer to the golf ball, again, kind of like with our chips. So when we add all these things together, what should be happening is we're creating a somewhat descending blow on the golf ball. And this is enough to actually hit the ground and impart spin but it should not be enough to take a divot. So I want you to take some practice swings. And the nice thing is that you can actually get a lot of good actual tactile feedback from just going out and like practicing this in your backyard, just this practice swing portion. But you're going to take a few practice swings. You should be hitting the ground, but you shouldn't be digging it up. Okay. Now we're moving on to technique. So when it comes to technique for this, a lot of people struggle. They'll get really kind of flippy and wristy number one rule here do not flip your wrists you should not have any you know physical forced turnover in the wrist this should be a nice smooth motion when we see people get flippy with the wrists it's again we're adding variables and we're making the swing harder it's (laughs) it's hard enough you guys know that so we want to remove the inconsistency by not having this big flippy wrist action at the bottom of the swing. So the other side of that coin, which is equally as bad, is the no wrist action. So it, it's almost like the the 40-yard putt. 
You know, if you imagine if you had a putter in your hands and how hard you'd have to hit a putt to go 40 yards from the fairway, you'd imagine that you're taking a very large, obnoxious putting stroke, but, but because it's a putting stroke, we're not hinging the wrist. And this is causing all sorts of body rotation, over rotation to get enough oomph behind it. So we want to fall somewhere in the middle. We do want to have some wrist hinge and we do want to have some body rotation, but we don't want to go off the deep end in either direction. So basically it's like a half and half situation. Your wrist is going to partially load coming back and then it's going to partially release, but release, but not flip when coming through. Again, this also means that you're going to have a little bit of body turn coming back and a little bit of body turn going through. This is really where those kind of flared toes can help you maintain good balance. Also, when you're doing your practices, if you're paying really, really close attention, you'll notice that your hands don't ever get really maybe a couple inches above your belt going either way. So if you're doing this well, your hands might just get up to your belt maybe just a little bit above your belt on the backswing. And then when you come through, you're going to follow through, but your hands are also going to stop right around that level of your belt. So for me, this has always been my really good kind of swing thought or just kind of practice thought. So I know that I'm doing things right. It's easy to just kind of focus on that. All right, hands to belt, hands to belt, And just let the wrist kind of do what it naturally wants to do. Don't hold it still. Don't forcefully load it. Just let it partially load and then release. So now, really where the rubber meets the road with all these things, with all these drills, all these tips that I've ever given, it's all about in how we practice. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. Randomized practice is going to make you learn so much faster than just hitting one shot 25 times in a row. So what I want you to do is I want you to go out and find that 40-yard shot, get everything set up, and then I want you to hit shots in this order. So one, I want you to hit a shot that stops just short of the green. Two, I want you to hit a shot that just rolls off the back of the green. And then third, this is your actual money shot. This is the one that I want to be aiming for the cup. This is the one that we would actually play. And then step four is just repeat steps one through three. So I like to do these in circuits of 10. That way I can measure my success rate in, you know, easy to monitor math. So run through these 10 times, one short, one long, one right on. And, you know, by varying the shot pattern, not only are you going to learn quicker due to that randomization of the practice, But it also helps you build up your mental game because now we're training the brain that it has to get it right on the absolute first opportunity instead of having half a bucket worth of golf balls to chip and get it right. Again, by randomizing that practice, we're increasing the pace at which we learn and we are also building a good, strong, tough mental game. That way, you know, when your buddy's on the green in regulation and you have flubbed a shot, you're not going to fall to pieces. You know you can count on your swing, your 40-yard pitch, to get you up and close to the hole, so you're then right back in the game. Last thing I wanted to say about this is we are getting ready to do another one of our massive giveaways. 
I've got over $300 in prizes that I'm going to give away. And it is going to be at a live training that I am going to be doing on Sunday, October 13th. So all you have to do to enter this is go to golfstrategyschool.com slash training. And we are going to give you the three biggest tips on how to break 100. Now, these are things that people screw up all the time. These are things that are fundamentals to our game. And yes, you might shoot 95 or 98, but do you really feel comfortable that you are consistently going to break 100? Do you walk out onto the course every single time and say, yeah, there's no chance in hell that I'm shooting over 100? If you're listening to this podcast, that's probably not the case. So sign up for this training. I'm going to give you the three most fundamental tips to breaking 100. These are things that I have put hundreds of golfers through, and when they actually abide by these rules, they slay 100. So go to golfstrategyschool.com slash training. Sign up for that training again. It is Sunday, October 13th, and if you sign up, you can get registered to win over $300 in prizes. I'm not going to tell you what the prizes are, but if you listen to the show, you know that we tend to take care of you, especially through our sponsors, and we are going to not only help you master your 40-yard shot and master you breaking 100, but we are going to get rid of all these, these over 100 scores. We are going to make that the old and we are going to make two digit scores the new so golfstrategyschool.com slash training get yourself signed up win yourself some cool swag all right everybody i will catch you in the short grass cheers All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this 
this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.